Welcome to another episode of Wood Couture Podcast. In today's show, we have Neil Shukla, a friend, an artist, son of Dubai, and above all, the founder and creative director of Four Season Ramesh Gallery, recently rebranded as Four. Welcome to the show, Neil. Thank you for having me, and thank you, and welcome to my gallery, my art studio. Thank you for hosting us. It is incredible, and I sincerely advise everybody to come and and visit Neil here at the studio. It's a true experience. Neil, let me start because we are all curious. Where it all started for you? At what point in life did you discover the, the art inspiration? Well, I mean, the art comes in my, from my family. My grandfather was a textile designer uh, and he worked in the mills and uh, Reliance Mills in India. My father's a photographer uh, who came in the UAE in the 1960s, before the UAE is formed in the early 60s. And it's been my blood for a very long time. Even though I was academically trained, uh, or not trained, but schooled to be a finance person, but it didn't—it just didn't gel well with me. And I, when we came, and I came back to the UAE, I realized I want to go back to what I, I was true to, which is being an artist and crafting and creating. Uh, not many people knows that it is incredible the 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 DNA that is in your family when it. We're talking about art, and obviously, you know, you grow up following the footsteps of your father that he framed and, you know, documented the history of the UAE, you know, from the 1960s until now. And uh, how is it like to, in your profession, to follow that kind of footstep? Do you feel the pressure? Um, no, I feel I compliment uh, his success, and, you know, they both, my father and my mother, worked so hard to keep the history of the UAE alive in form of negatives, uh, which they have thousands of, of them. And so I wanted to add a new layer to that, and which is adding a creative element to, to, to the nation and crafting and creating and uh, building on their legacy going forward. So this, this place in Jabal Ali is created from scratch. Uh, so this is my art studio. Next to my art studio is going to be my father's uh, uh, full darkroom experience, uh, 10 births, which is going to be a Ramesh Shukla uh, Institute of Photography, where it's going to have master classes, and you're all welcome to uh, attend. Uh, it's all going to be free, and a handful of people will be invited, only 10 at a time, and we're going to learn the analog photography experience through my father's hands and his eyes, and sharing his experience of 55 years to, uh, to people out there. Uh, you were educated in the U.S. You did your uh, undergraduate, you did your MBA in Florida, so best university. And everybody tried to chase the American dream. Mm. But you decided to come back. Why did you decide to come back to Dubai and uh, carry on and build your legacy in Dubai? Well, it's a funny story because I was working uh, for a company, uh, which is Fine Art Lamps. I was crafting lights uh, for almost 85 years now. Mm. And uh, during my... Uh, uh, masters, they got a project in Dubai called the Burj Al Arab. Since I was, I was from here, I was looking into exploring the project and through my resources, I ended up securing the project. I did the entire lighting, all the decorative lighting for the Burj Al Arab. So when I came here, I met all my old friends. I was pretty much born in Dubai. And there was a lot of unique bonding connectivity in my presence of the few two, two years I was here. And one of my older friends was Majid Ogurer. And he had just built the Bergerman shopping center in Bergerman and had all the fancy brands, Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Saks Fifth Avenue, but he didn't have art, he didn't have culture. So he told me, listen, let's partner together and let's open 
an art gallery. So we opened an art gallery and dome cafe back to back. So it was an art coffee culture and that's how it started. And that's how I got in a way stuck back in Dubai. Yeah, obviously, you, you, you used to, and you have a massive track record dealing for prestigious process from royal palaces to Burj Al Arab, Grosvenor House, you name it, W. De Pan. But for some reasons in your interviews, you set two clear you know, milestones in your career as an individual and as the company. One being the Burj Al Arab, mm. saying this is where I went to the next level. That's right. And the second step was the W yes. on the pond. So let's start with Burj Al Arab. Mm. You know, I mean, what does it take to work on the, the, the most known hotel in the world, the Seven Star Hotel, and uh, you know, an iconic hotel? How did, you, how did you enter that kind of a job? I mean, I mean I what does a, it take? I was yeah. a one man, uh, I didn't have a car. I, if I had $100 in my pocket, it'd be, it'd be too much. I did not. Um, I had my catalog, my knowledge, my resources from Miami. The factory was in Miami. And I came over here and I realized that this project was something that we wanted to be involved with. And I did so many cold calls and uh, upon requests, I would just show up without meetings to secure the project. And I did so much work to make that happen. In, the, in those particular years, I did thousands of artworks. I think I produced 60,000 artworks for hotels in the region all painted, photographs, prints, and back then I used to get, we used to buy prints from Europe, Italy, from Spain, used to fly and used to frame it. Our framing shop was just my wife and I, we had two machines with cut and join, and we used to put the frame together. So from that point on, um, it, it just, the company grew, I uh, had people who understood my passion. And when the W came, I knew that at that, at that point in my life, I wanted to start making iconic sculptures. Uh, and doing that is just uh, being a roller coaster journey for me. Just it's a learning experience. It's not really crafting; it's actually engineering. It's art engineering. But we had that manufacturing capability, the skill, the craft, which was lacking here, and we were able to supply that craft work. What was the attraction with lighting? Just uh, you bumped into that, or did you purposely say, "No, I want to start with lighting in my <laughs> life"? No, so my first job in, uh, while at school, and I was, even when I was here in Dubai, I paid for my ticket to go to the United States by making commissions in selling greeting cards. <laughs> my mother and father used to make greeting cards, and so I used to have a briefcase, and I used to go to the trade center up and down. I was uh, 14 years old, and I used to get orders, and, I, and my parents gave me a commission to, uh, to earn enough money to get a ticket to go to the United States. So when I went to school in the U.S., I realized I'm not going to just go to school and just party. I just I'm going to go to school. At the same time, I'm going to get a job. And my first job was Bloomingdale's in the Falls. You know, the Falls in Miami. Mm -hmm. And I go there. There were several departments they were hiring. And there was an opening in the, light, in the lamps department. And I said, you know what? I like this. I could have gone to fashion or cosmetics. I went to lamps. And the first lamps I started selling or understanding was Ralph Lauren. Raflon had just come out of the home line, and I started working in Raflon domestic uh, and sending lamps. So I was just currently with lighting at that period of my life. Wow, and uh, it's such a coincidence because lighting is very important in photography. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, and I think it was in your DNA. It was, it was in my DNA. <laughs> and it's brilliant. Then from Burj Al Arab, then you say my next, uh, let's say, iconic project, or the, the, 
kind of set me off to an Ivy League mm. in, in the art world. It was the, the W on the pile. Right. And uh, uh, t you know, there's an article by the describing this 5,500 kilograms yeah. sculpture. Yeah. Took us through, you know, what does it take to make a, well, five, five and a half tons yeah. <laughs> of <was> sculpture. <laughs> First of all, uh, you know, in, in our industry, the, the most important thing is chemistry between people, the creatives. So the uh, W Hotel, the, uh, the stakeholders are the Shark Group, and the person who was part of the managing the entire project, or the owner of that, was Mohammed uh, Ali Sherry, uh, who's a good friend of mine. And Mohammed saw the passion in me when I was crafting, creating, I was involved physically in the hotel, I, I made everything bespoke, and it was my team just, you know, doing remote work. I was me, on site, working, and making sure everything was perfect. And when the W sculpture uh, need to be created, they're gonna go somewhere in the US, and I told him, give me the chance. And uh, he was very hesitant, he's like, I, I don't think you have the capabilities of, of doing this, because you've never done something like this. I said, I will prove to you that I can do this. And without even getting an order, I actually made a prototype, a physical actual scale, I did all the 3D drawings, and I presented to the team and to him. And when they saw that I really was putting my energy into it, he took a chance on me. He said, you know what, there's something in this person. Even though there was a lot of chance that, you know, this guy doesn't come from any of the background of crafting or creating, or even installing such a iconic uh, sculpture. So he took a lot of chance on me, uh, knowing that I might fail. But that's about relationship and chemistry between people. The, the dynamic uh, passion that you have. So he was my really, uh, my Cupid to give me this project. And from that point on, when he said yes, that uh, go ahead and do it, I put my heart, my soul, my life into it, and that's it. Uh, it was the most six months incredible journey, you can't imagine, what we went through to create, craft, install that sculpture. If you see the sculpture, it weighs 4.5 tons, but it still stands on two points. Yeah, and it goes, it goes two meters down in the parking lot. The, the, the complexity of installing on the palm, dead load, earthquake, wind, there's so much elements involved, of course, uh, waterproofing and the rust uh, factor. And entire W has all LED technology. It changes color. And there's a lot of tech that goes into making that sculpture and installing it. So until this day, it's testament of uh, time is there. And I've been asked to actually hopefully make another one on the rooftop because they want it, the same uh, philosophy on the rooftop also. How, how um, deep the manufacturing skills have to be? You know, obviously, as well as all the creative skills, creative skills are paramount, mm. but the manufacturing skills, when you're creating something like that, because, you know, I mean, the technology behind that, you know, where do you start? I mean, uh, just research. It, it, a lot of research, a lot of reading, wow. uh, a lot of experimentation. Like an example is what you're seeing right now. We're producing the uh, entire light fixture of the Hakkasan in Atlantis. Uh, a couple of months ago, we had no idea how to do this. So again, having a studio of this nature, the scale, we are able to experiment, uh, play, uh, develop prototypes for no reason. We are not doing it because we want to get order. We just do it because we want to experiment and try and knowing that we're gonna fail, and that's part of the process. Failure is actually, we are happy to fail, and that's what keeps us evolving and going forward. So you saw on the floor, we had all the Hakkasan elements uh, on display. 640 pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, how long does it take to produce all that? 
<laughs> well, we are, we are on a very tight deadline and we have to install these everything end of the month, which is like in seven days, I think. So uh, I had two teams working uh, full time on this. Uh, so you're going to see me on a scaffolding in the Hakasan installing many of those because I want to be involved. I want to be making sure it goes perfect because I know if I'm there, I know it's done right. It's incredible listening to you, your humility as a human being. You say, I like to fail. So if I ask you, if you look back your career, mm. what's your favorite failure? Oh my God, there's so many. <laughs> but the one that stands <laughs> out. <laughs> my favorite failure, oh my God, I wish I would have started this 20 years ago. Interesting. Yeah. Why is that? I think uh, if I had done that, I would have given so many uh, people who are around me a greater opportunity to evolve to grow and I think we're in a much bigger company than we are right now. Uh, and not, it's not about just becoming big, but actually growing our creative talent. And I think uh, timing is uh, what I feel that should started uh, a while ago. So consider the amount of research and uh, uh, let's say discussions or you know thinking you have mm. to do. Wh when you lose focus or you're not totally focused, what you do to gain focus again? What's your habit? Uh, I mean, you know, if you look at me, when I'm sitting at home watching television or, or anything whatsoever, I'm actually on the, on the laptop or an iPad. So I'm never really, my, one eye is here, one eye is on, on my, and I, I'm, I'm, my, my mind cannot switch off not learning. It's a, it's a constant uh, um, osmosis. I, I keep on soaking in all the time. And it's just my, part of my DNA. And, and we do so much, I've seen. We do picture framing, we do sculpting, we do painting. Uh, and I have, a, I have a gallery, which you know I also run. So there's a lot of different things that takes uh, resources. It's a lot of mental resources, and my mind cannot switch off. It's impossible. I don't think I can take a vacation of not being able to work all the time. So just I guess part of me. You mentioned something before when you were talking about your experiences with you know the hotel industry and the cost hotel in Paris and. Uh, meeting Jacques Garcia and you said he's kind of the creator of the first real boutique hotel and so nowadays there is a trend if you look at all the hotel companies they're mm. going lifestyle yeah I mean you're working on at 25 hours which mm. is part of the portfolio of the new company created by a core and and is more capital on lifestyle and they were about 15 or 16 brands yeah What's your views on lifestyle brands? You know, I mean, uh, how, how, what's your views on the, the notion of lifestyle? What does lifestyle mean to because, you? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, the new generation, which is my kids, uh, they are just more travel-driven, they're more experience-driven, and this is what draws them. Uh, our generation, which are more about comfort and design, I don't think it relates to this uh, new generation anymore. So the lifestyle appears the different lifestyle, uh, you know, dynamics. The, you know, the uh, so Hotel Twenty Five has different segments of the hotel. So you have uh, the nomadic people, the artists, and you're crafting experience based on those individuals. They, got, they feel at home when they go there. It's not about the bling, but it's about the rawness of who you are. We turn you touch your anatomy, your, your inside uh, aspiration in those places. So Twenty Five Hotel. I'm supplying, I think, 8,000 pieces. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, 640 unique line items. We're crafting so much for this hotel. It is, okay. it is mind blowing. Uh, my team's brains are coming out at the moment. Um, but it's, it's a, I think it's an evolution in uh, 
pure lifestyle boutique hotel. I think it's going to be the first of its kind in the region. Uh, we are making, you're going to go to every single aspect of the hotel, you're going to see something like, how, how did that happen? But not knowing it was made for that reason. It's because it's really vintage, it's, it's, it's raw, and it's, you feel completely you know, in the space. Uh, we have worked so hard. I mean, the, the project has been going on since last year because of COVID kind of slowed down. And when the award took place and they started getting the awards, we were, we, because we put so much time, effort into learning about the brand, the hotel, that we were ready and with, you know, bullets in our pistol to shoot and, and, and begin the project. In furniture manufacturing, we're saying that putting the furniture in a lifestyle hotel or any hotel is mm. like putting a dress on. Mm. But, you know, you are an artist and also a, a very experienced art consultant. What is the challenge of putting the beauty and the, the decorations and the jewelry, let's call it, into a lifestyle hotel? What is the challenge? Well, I mean, again, it's all unique story trailing. You're creating stories for hotels. What moment you walk into, walk out, you go with an experience. You're, you're t it's like your grandmother. You know, we go to sleep at night, she tells a story. My dear son, <laughs> go to sleep tomorrow. And she tells you, and you, yeah. you get the nostalgia going. So that's how, in a way, you think of the hotel as your, as your grandmother, telling you a story the moment you walk in, you walk out. And you want to remember those stories. So our art experiences are those stories. Every single element has a story to, to relate to your eyes, to your senses. And sometimes it's kind of challenging. So I have to look to my old peers and, uh, and see, hear them and, and go back to my senses, you know, what story they want to hear. So a lot of times I listen to my kids, you know, and I want to see what they have to say. And that gives me a lot of ideas and aspirations. I give an example. Uh, I was doing a, uh, I was pitching for a project in the Dara City Center in the food court. So a lot of people invited for this uh, competition. I competed also, and they told me, "Listen, come on, something really crazy concept that relates to food to children and the young audience." So I'm sitting with my children, I'm talking to them, and I'm, I'm kind of directly interviewing them, and I'm finding out what they want, whatever. And I and I see my some of my kids they love cotton candy. And one of my son is taking a spoon, eating cotton candy with a spoon. I'm like, why is he doing that? Then I realized, okay, there's something there. I said, why are you doing this? I said, you know what? Is it? I said, use this fork, knife. No, 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 it's easy with a spoon. I'm like, you know what? So this is a journey about eating with a kid. They like spoons. So I crafted a prototype, a cloud made of bamboo. Inside is lightning and it's falling spoons. So it's about a child seeing a cotton candy cloud, spoons are falling, and immediately connect to that. And I, and I sketch it, they saw it, they loved it, like, we, we love this. So they were in a way my mentors, my, my test uh, pilots, and my, my guinea pigs to see if something I'm creating has a meaning to them. So a lot of times you have to test things on different people and see if there's substance, uh, substance in what I do. So when you get inspiration like that, do you have a pencil in your pocket? Uh, iPad, iPad. I, I'm, iPad. An, I'm an iPad. I'm an iPad. <laughs> Technology. Steve Jobs, I love you. Thank you very much for giving me the iPad with a pen. Tap, tap. Start, uh, start drawing. So you start drawing there and there. Right, you know, right. I mean, even though you are yeah. with your kid, you, you, your brain start functioning. And yeah. Like, Here we go. Now I have to do it. If I, if I show my iPad, I have so many sketches, and sometimes I go back and I'm like, what was that? What was that drawing? What was that about? Then it comes back to me. Okay, this was going on at that time. I always draw at things, you know, and I, I drabble all the time. Do you, th do you think the artwork in a lifestyle hotel is 
long-lasting or like your dress, every now and then it's better to change it? Uh, as an example, Grovenhaus. I did the entire artwork of Grovenhaus Tower 1 and Tower 2 and most of the restaurants over there. Grovenhaus is 11 years old and everything is still there. It's lasting, it's beautiful, it's gorgeous. And uh, I, I make things housekeeping friendly. I don't want my clients to say, you know, Neil did that thing, it broke down, it's coming back now. I want to make things that say, you know, longevity is important. Mm. So as a lifestyle hotel or a normal five-star bling brand, we have to build things at quality and that's going to give value to the client. And that's the only way they're going to come back to you for your next project. So it's very, very important. They may add to that, they may supplement that, but I make things that are, that's going to last. Have you ever been to a place, let's say Grosvenor House, yeah. in a place, maybe one area of Grosvenor House, and you look and say, hmm, I love my creation, but you know what, it would be better if I put that kind of piece. Have you ever got that feeling? Of course, always. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so critical in my, in my studio set, and uh, when I produce things, I mean, it's going, I'm like, I don't like it. They're like, sir, shut up. <laughs> it's finished, we have a delivery. I'm like, no, I don't like it. And it's my DNA, it's gonna go there. I, I don't feel it's right. We gotta, we, we gotta tweak it or change it. You know, it's gotta be really, really, because I'm very critical. I know if I don't love it, if I don't see it, I know you, Filippo, or somebody else, will have the same feeling and I can't have that. So yeah, I, I, there's many projects that, you know, I wanna tweak it, then I'll, I'll go to GM. I'll say, Pam, I love you. Pam will be, she's GM of Grovenhaus. House. Can we change this? Not that I, I want new business from you, but I just want to change it because I think we can improve it, you can make it better. So, yeah, I, I do bring it up and I, and I say it in all honesty. And I, it's not about commerce, it's art and it's got to be beautiful and it's got to be, uh, again, it's aesthetically uh, pleasing. So, I don't mind changing it. And I tell my clients, when I send a contract, listen, the contract means nothing to me. If, what do you take from me? If you don't love it, if you don't say, wow, Neil made this, please don't take it. I'll take it back. Let's make something else you're going to love and it's going to do justice to your place. That's true genuine passion because to take something back, yeah. you know, and then I say, hey, I replace it. For the sake of seeing this place sparkle is incredible. Yeah, I have to. I have and, to. And, and I must admit, you, you're very consistent. Even in all your interviews, you always say, you know, I like the combination of creativity and functionality. Mm. You know, which is incredible because an artist is very much, you know, I mean, outrageous, you know, I mean, uh, you know, very, you know, his mindset is completely different than a normal human being. And uh, you are in, in a different category, you know, because you're an artist. It is my personal opinion. And, uh, but you're talking about functionality. Why is functionality so important to you? Especially now, because what's going on in the world with the COVID and uh, uh, is everything has to be created. It can be cleaned. It can be sanitized. So it is very important that what we produce has a long lasting effect in housekeeping. It's very, very important. We don't want things to break down. And uh, it's value. We have to give people value. I don't want to get, get you know, now, you know, we, we buy things and within a month it breaks down. How does it make you feel? Like, it's junk. Mm -hmm. You know, why did I do that? I'll never go there again, you know? If you have some things that will last you, you know, two, three, four years, be like, yeah, you know what? I want another one of that. I like that. And to me, I will never present something if I don't know if I can make it right. It will never leave my art studio. We do testing and trials over here for everything we craft and create, and we want to make sure that it's going to last a very, very long time. It's very, very important. One of your biggest inspirations is nature. You always say, I get inspired by nature. Yeah. So let me ask you one question. 
there is a lot of industries that progress the the subject of sustainability, you know, the green chapter, let's mm. call it. How do you feel the hospitality industry is doing on, on, on that subject? I mean, I'm playing my part. A lot of things that I produce in my studio are all recycled. So all my wood things, my paper things, we see that one over there, that's actually recyclable uh, paper. That mount board, and the camera couldn't see that, but that mount board comes in, the paper comes in between mount boards. So I took all that, I made a die, I cut it, and then that becomes an artwork. And that represents scales of a fish. So how do we use just normal, lasting things over here in my, in my workshop to craft those things? A lot of the wood things I create in my uh, studio are just crates that I had, that were, could be thrown away, but I break them down and I make them art installations. So I use everything in my art studio, nothing gets thrown out, especially anything, the noble material doesn't get thrown. You know, in the nails that we have, we use them for our, our uh, different uh, projects. We have to use it. So I'm doing my part to be as sustainable as possible, to give, and I, when I tell my clients, everything that you see, or majority of things you see, is part of sustainable. Even the bubble wrap that we, that we utilize, that is not thrown away. So the other artwork that you saw outside, wow the beautiful ceramic pieces, yes. a lot of them have bubble wrap inside. Wow, uh, So all, all, all the bubble wrap they use to pack the artwork, to go on out, then all, in a, the, the air is gone, the bubble is flat. So what do you do with that? You can either throw it out, or you, so I use that to create the form, the structure of the artwork you saw. Well, so I, I must admit, you probably, <laughs> well, but you'd be surprised. I would say you probably one of the, the few that have probably a hundred percent recycling artwork. Well, you you know? you're wearing it. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're wearing <laughs> this. This is recycled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you'd be surprised, you know, in, in recent interviews for other podcasts, is that I, I, I had global interior designers telling me that in the last three years they never had the request to incorporate sustainability in their design. Oh. How do you respond to that? Really? That's shocking. It's impossible. I, 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 that's appalling. I can't believe they would say that. Because it's important, you know. It's, you know, I, I, what are we going to leave our children? You know, what are we going to leave our children? And already there's such scarce resources in the world. You know, if you look at it, the, the, the cost of just water and normal things are so expensive because we utilize it and we abuse it so much. So it is part of our, uh, our humanity that we have to be recycling and what we have. Use it as much as possible to the point that it's, that's it. It cannot be utilized anymore. No, I mean, you have to be. I mean, honestly, the reason I'm telling this, this is actually a tent. Wow. This is a tent uh, from, I think, you know, the people make tents, whatever, Ramadan, yeah. whatever. And they were throwing all these things away. And I saw it. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to buy this. I'm going to make our bibs for, uh, for the studio. So uh, these are all recyclable things. I, so I'd rather not buy it. I'd rather make things that are thrown away. How, how do you recruit a trainee artist to come and work for you? You know, What quality do you look for? Zero. Just heart. So yeah. attitude, inspirations, passion. skills, what, 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 what is the passion? passion? That's it. So how in, life, in life, you can learn everything. Right. You know, I, 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 listen, I didn't know how to make all these things. I had no idea. Like an example, this piece here. You know, I didn't know how to make this. I didn't know how to make this. I didn't know how to make all these things. I had no idea. And uh, I found out. I mean, if you think about it, this is a copy of actually an uh, uh, actual crystal piece. It was done for uh, four seasons in Riyadh. 
But uh, the original was much more expensive. Then we cast it, crafted. This is actually a prototype. And the finish looks absolutely amazing. It looks stunning. So I had passion, I had heart, and I just wanted to make something different. So we got involved. And so I look for people who have passion and they have heart of making something uh, of themselves and, and, and crafting, creating. Do you believe that with your skills and technology, sometimes some of these pieces look better than the originals? Or the branded one, let's call it? Um, yeah, but maybe. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do, you know, with all your experience. Maybe so. Hope so, hope so. Yeah. And um, uh, let's talk about the future and uh, Neil bucket list. Mm. What's in your bucket list for the next two to three years? What do you want to achieve? Well, I want to, of course, do much, much more unique things here. Uh, as you can see, the Hakkasan project is doing beautiful, so do more of that. Um, I like to always keep on evolving. It's, uh, if, you look, if you look at what I'm posting, it's, everything is always new, something completely different. So that's just want to keep on doing more and more new things all the time. I don't want to sit on my rolls and just relax and everything. No, it's just uh, experiment with new techniques, media, uh, maybe technology, add new tech to mm. uh, do what we're crafting somehow. What sense, you know, software or, or new technology, no, new movement, materials? Movement. Right. Yeah, so, are thing. you thinking you're going to go into performing arts? Yeah, I can dance. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. No, I think I want to add more uh, movement into products. Maybe, you know, um, there's so much nanotechnology coming in play nowadays. Mm. So, I think I want to incorporate that into my uh, sculptures. More kinetic movement, maybe or more light or more um, solar energy. I wanna, uh, one of my projects was making the Music Man, which I produced for the So Hotel and DMCC. Uh, so when I produced that, it was a lifestyle uh, sculpture with all the musical instruments on top. And I wanted to incorporate a Bluetooth uh, transistor. So when you come close to it, it's like music, jazz, and you go away, it stops playing. So more of that interactive approach. Not just static, but more functional, uh, uh, pieces. So they played real music. music yeah. So uh, that's an interesting um, um, actually piece of art because I wanted to ask you a question that you know three years ago we were talking about co-living, co-sharing, co-working mm. then COVID came everybody talks about social distancing mm. so before they want us to bring us together yeah. now they want to tear us apart. apart. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Do you think that art can, can help in bringing people together? I mean, your sculpture with the music, you know, mm. music is a catalyst for uh, drawing people. But what do you think, or how are you approaching projects in order to try to get art to bring people together? I think art is a universal, uh, it's got a, a universal chemistry. It connects the most simplest person on the street to the most richest person on, 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 on earth. And that has such an amazing draw and people see it in such different ways. But now I'm, I want to create art exactly like that, that connects those two different uh, levels of uh, people. And now I create art for more for the young generation, the youth. So the falcon you saw in uh, DMCC, I'm sorry, in uh, Silicon Oasis, it was relating more to the young generation. And the Radisson Hotel, the Radisson right? Hotel, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you, how do you, that, because that's, that's my new audience. So that, I think, will bring people together, gravitate people more and more together. Well, but you, you don't create only art, you create brands, because all, all your art, all your, you know, become brands. You know, the Falcon, the piece in the W Hotel, I mean, uh, there's, uh, this piece you created for Akasan yeah. restaurants, you know, I mean, uh, 
it's kind of you put in a sparkle on top of a brand, <laughs> you know, exactly. Like you, you're the kind of, uh, you know, newsletter, you know, yeah. in, uh, of uh, the art world, you know. Is, uh, and um, it, talking of which, you know, obviously art is craftsmanship. Mm. And uh, we were having a discussion before about the disappearance of the of this craftsman. The mm. new generation, they love computers, mm. they love many other professions, but they stay away from the craftsmanship. Mm. Is this a case in the art world too? Uh, what, sadly, if you look at the part, this part of the world, um, one of the big craft was sadhu. And when I was working on the uh, Al Sif Hotel, the designers, Kesier, they dispatched sadhu to most all the rooms. And we started doing the research to actually look for Zadu craftsmen, and it doesn't exist anymore. They're all gone. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. So my contribution, what I like to do in the art studio, we have a lot of space. I want to start creating an entire division of Zadu uh, weaving as a craft, and hopefully bring that beautiful skill back, uh, and then give revitalize to the generations that have lost, and, and bring something that was existing here so many years in this part of the world as a craft. So more and more taking away a little bit of the digital uh, connectivity from the young generation and getting more the hand skill. When my son came, and again, he's a victim to all these digital things, but when he came, he just got really involved with the whole process and his other friends came, they got involved with the process. So more and more, this place, we want to do an institute of uh, crafting not just a commercial space, but using the space for that particular reason. Bring the youth here and let them be part of the experience. Obviously, uh, the UE gave a lot to you and your family, and but also, likewise, you guys gave a lot to the community. You know, you involve the community, like you're saying, your project having, you know, your father teaching people how to do, you know, photography and, uh, you know, developing, you know, the old way of doing, yeah. you know, digitally, Analog. which is, and for free. Yeah. You know, so it's incredible, it's a mark for giving back the community. How is Dubai progressing on the art chapter, you know, I mean, or the UAE in your opinion, compared to, you know, other nations? I mean, you know, it, they have, it's a young country, it's 50 years old. It's not a, it doesn't have legacy or, of hundreds of years, thousands of years like Europe uh, has. So it's, it's always natural. Uh, evolution to take on more and uh, uh, get give chance to young craft generations to get more involved. I think the new uh, uh, desire of uh, Dubai culture to have the El Goos um, creative in zone is really amazing. Uh, I hope so. I'm, I'm praying to you, Dubai culture, please make sure that people like me get a place for free because we need this kind of resources to really create. And I'm happy it's finally happening. And uh, they're, they're investing in people like us, I believe, to give us uh, a global opportunity to show what we're doing uh, all over the world. So Dubai is, Dubai or the entire region is new to the game. I wouldn't say it's late to the game, you know, because you, in Europe you have hundreds of years of, of legacy, of talent, which has kind of disappeared, but slowly by slowly it's coming here. And I think people like me, I guess I'm still, I'm, I'm old. I don't have the young uh, uh, time in my hand, but I'm trying to add to that the best way I can. Let's say we are wise. We are wise. We, <laughs> we are wise. Uh, considering, you know, with uh, your, your attachment uh, to Dubai, the, uh, the global art world, and uh, 
another thing is what to do with craftsmanship you know i mean uh, i consider that you like big sizes because you collaborated with jaffrey on this was a, the largest yes. canvas in the world you know yeah. i mean it's uh so you, you know you are in the history books also yeah you know the guinness world of records yeah. put in that way you know so and i put a massive even 10 times bigger than the one you have a massive white canvas on the top of the Burj Khalifa. What message would you write on it? Oh my God. Now that's a, a great um, question to ask. I have to think about that. If I were to have an opportunity to write something on the Burj Khalifa, I would say, um, oh yeah, that's simple. You gave us a chance. You gave us a chance. Well, we, we, what I would say to my the founding fathers, basically, to Sheikh Zayed, because my family is here because of Zainal Sheikh Zayed, Lay Sheikh Zayed. My father met him in the early '60s, and the first connection he had with him, he took his pictures, and and His Highness asked my dad pretty much to stay in the, in the region, in my father's state, my family state, from that point on. So if I had a message, a message would be to him. I want to thank him for. Giving us this, um, this incredible, I mean, I'm, I'm shaking just talking about it, that uh, he gave us a chance to stay in this country and be part of the incredible journey of 50 years uh, in this nation. So I want to thank him uh, for letting us stay in this country and then just letting my family evolve and grow. You know, it, it's amazing what you're saying. And, uh, and I think if there is one message that uh, really unite all of us you know yesterday we had a fantastic uh, interview with the president for Wyndham Europe okay. East and Africa Eurasia and he said during the last year they think I, I did I say thank you to many people wow. same as you you know and you say I'm I'm say thank you to to there is something in common between you big guys you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know and, uh, Neil it has been incredible thank you very much for being on our show and uh and I hope in a year time I can have a second interview with you to see Thank you. where we went in all your plans. Well, next time you come, you're to craft. We'll be working and talking. How's that? I'm ready. Is a deal? I don't have crafty <laughs> hands, but uh, <laughs> I, I think I think we can uh, we can do something with you. No problem. Of course. Thank you. So, thank you very much. Thank Appreciate you. It. Thank you. Ciao.